Can I tell you something? I, uh, my, honestly, my eyes uh, were shooting blood yesterday with Fiona Hill. And I, I had to say to you yesterday, I can't watch this anymore. No, you I can't, did. You lost it. I, I can't point. do it. I can't do it. And I also told you that I didn't have uh, Fiona on the uh, chalkboard anywhere. And I want to explain today, now that I'm a little less passionate, the reason why I don't is because uh, the lines going everywhere, once we add her, the chalkboard just becomes one giant dot. Okay? For starters... Right when the whole Russia scaremongering started, she launched the opening narrative when she wrote an article for Vox. Now, consider at the exact same time, she knew of things going on behind the scenes to try to paint this fake reality, and she acted like a nonpartisan bystander using the press as cover. Uh, By the way, she also worked for George Soros between 2000 and 2006, but, you know, no big deal. She was... um, She claims uh, in her testimony that she was very concerned about holding uh, aid by Donald Trump. If they if you hold this aid, it's dangerous for the Ukraine. It sends all the wrong messages. It is just so horrible. Why would he do it? It's all we all agree on this. Well, she wrote an op ed for The Washington Post in 2015, arguing against military aid for the Ukraine. Hmm. Oh, by the way, her book was endorsed by none other than Joe Biden. Uh, Her lawyer is a lawyer with Vindman and the same lawyer for Burisma and the same one where Hunter Biden worked. But, you know, that's it. Oh, they also represent uh, Harvey Weinstein, but... Why worry about that? She also worked with Christopher Steele. Isn't that weird? Uh, I mean, it's crazy. Now, you know, I don't think anybody's really going to care about all of this stuff. There's one more thing. One more thing. You know the whistleblower? She was asked uh, during the hearing, um, who was working under you at the um, NSC in the spring and summer of uh, 2017? She was like, um, gosh, I don't remember his name. I, I don't remember it. Who's working under me? Um, I don't remember his name. I do. It's uh, Eric Charamella. Oh, he's the whistleblower. Oh, my gosh. No, he's you can't, the... Don't reveal the whistleblower's name, Glenn. Okay. You could say Eric Charamella, but you can't uh, okay. reveal All right. the whistleblower's okay. name. Okay. okay. Now, the other one that I would like to talk about is, is George Kent. Now, George Kent, as the Washington Post pun, uh, points out, was trying to turn what I believe is um, conspiracy fact back into conspiracy theory. Okay, he's like the guy who's like in the alchemist room and is like, if we could, okay, we just did that with gold. If we could just turn it back to lead. He wanted, he was sent in to debunk two points of the GOP's case. He said there was, quote, no factual basis that Ukraine intervened in the 2016 election. Uh, that's weird. Uh, because even the New York Times reported that, you know, back in the day. A Ukrainian court had already ruled that two Ukrainian officials did meddle in the election. Uh, yeah, 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 they were convicted. Did I mention that? The other thing that he was sent in to debunk, uh, he was wished in to squash the allegation that Ambassador Yovanovitch provided a do not prosecute list to the Ukrainian prosecutor general. That is that is absolute crazy talk. Why would he possibly, possibly say anything like that? 
He said, quote, I adamantly reject the allegations. I have every reason to believe that that's not true. We wouldn't do something like that. Now, the Democrats and State Department have been terrified of this. They've straight up lied. They have claimed the allegation was later recanted, which we proved was not. They sent in Yovanovitch to make a public denial. We don't do that. That's crazy. That's a conspiracy. And they tapped Kent to come in and say, that's a bunch of bunk. Now, I wouldn't want the American people to know that either. I wouldn't want the American embassy to be known as protecting George Soros and 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 uh, Joe Biden's family. I wouldn't want that. I wouldn't want Americans to know what was really going on in 2016 and that all of this was just a cover up. So I guess I would do the same. Well, I wouldn't have done what they did in the first place. But if I was nefarious, I guess I would send somebody in. But I would make sure they had a lot of credibility and they knew all about this. Well, that's interesting because that's who they sent in, George Kent. I need somebody that can bluntly say there was no policy of telling Ukraine who they couldn't or could investigate. Because we wouldn't do that. Well, we know already that two Ukrainian prosecutor generals both corroborate each other, saying that the U.S. State Department didn't want them investigating George Soros' uh, NGO and Burisma. They both reported the same thing. They also claimed that billions of dollars of funding had been misallocated and that the George Soros NGO was involved. Remember the missing money? So George Kent denies all of this. He denies that anyone in the State Department was pressuring Ukraine to drop any investigations. You know the crazy thing? The crazy thing, when you write a letter, it's forever. When you write something as an official, you have to save it. And if there's some Scooby kids driving in their mystery van and they know about FOIA requests, they can get evidence that you wrote a letter. Well, here's the letter that Kent sent on April 4th, 2016. Now, take note, this is days after Joe Biden had previously had the prosecutor fired for investigating Biden and the Soros NGO. Now, in the first page of the letter, Kent is basically saying, don't worry. In fact, he is. I'm quoting. Don't worry about those misallocated funds. Don't worry about those misallocated funds? Really? We don't care? He talks about how they went to George Soros's NGO and they're perfectly comfortable the United States government is perfectly comfortable on how those funds were, were spent. Okay, all right. Then for a, a page and a half, uh, after that page and a half, on page two, he mentions a familiar organization. Now see if anything pops out here. The investigation into the actions of the Anti-Corruption Action Center. That's that's known as the investigation into the actions of George Soros's funded NGO that we're working with as the United States government to steal your country. And he said the State Department was gravely concerned about that investigation. 
gravely concerned about that investigation? Really? I thought there wasn't an investigation. I thought there was no way the State Department would ever say that you shouldn't investigate something, because we just don't do that. Huh. So did Kent forget he wrote this letter? Should somebody refresh his memory? GOP! Should somebody re- refresh his memory on that, or is this guy just straight up lying? He, he himself, the Grinch, was pressuring Ukraine over who they could and could not investigate. Because there is an unofficial shadow policy for every diplomat working in Ukraine. That policy is called Civil Society 2.0. George Soros is responsible for that policy. And you can call me anti-Semitic. I was trending. I was so important last night. I was trending, I hear. I didn't even notice it until this morning. I don't really care or follow that crap. But apparently I was trending last night as an anti-Semite. I can't, I can't even pay attention to you. I'm distracted by the glare off that thing behind you. What is that again? Oh, that's the Defender of Israel Award. From the... You know who doesn't have one is George Soros. Oh, really? Yeah, this is... Uh, this was presented to me by Benjamin Netanyahu. Uh, oh, I've and, heard of uh, him. He's and, uh, and Miriam and to... Sheldon hmm. Adelson. Oh, uh, yeah. which is weird because those guys uh, are people like Media Matters say are working to control Congress and the world. Hmm. And, and he's he's uh, wealthy and Jewish. Wealthy Why and Jewish. Why are they saying that about a person who's They're wealthy anti-Semites, and Jewish? I Must guess. Be. Must, Must be, be. anti-Semites. Hmm. But gosh, I. I don't know how I'm an anti-Semite. I was talking about George Kent. Hmm. We have document after document in their own words, in their own hands. Talking exactly about what they're doing, which leads me to what they are doing to us. I go there in one minute. Spooky dude, you're listening to the Glenn Beck program. He's back, and he's on to you. Welcome. Uh, glad you're here. It is Friday. We have found some incredible evidence of time travel that we're going to get to uh, <laughs> here in just a second. I just want to take you quickly through this, um, uh, and we're running out of time, and I really want to spend time on it, but I promised you yesterday I would do it. What's coming next? What's coming next? Well, I just want to I just want to show you what George Soros and our Civil Society 2.0 project that is an institutionalized uh policy in the State Department is doing to world to countries all over the world. They did it in the Middle East, they did it in Syria, they did it in uh Ukraine, they did it in it's not Bulgaria. Uh, Hungary? No, it was one of one of those other countries that you know, they all kind of blend together, uh, and they're doing it in Chile right now. And what they do is the State Department offers training to revolutionaries. Who can we find that is against the government? Well, we'll offer them training, and so they have in other countries, not here, of course, open training. And they train people how to use Facebook and Google 
how they can organize, how they can um, use popular media to foment revolution. And they teach them this and then say, okay, wait for the right time. Now, when that time comes, as it did uh, before Maidan in Ukraine, when that time comes, the State Department is there to help them out. Uh, I mean, we have pictures of the State Department officials handing out cookies to these people that they trained three years before. Uh, And so the State Department then comes in and helps them win the revolution. So they're turning countries inside out. But they have to do a couple of things. They have to discredit all of the uh, institutions. They have to make sure that everyone feels like there's no justice. They have to discredit all of the justice systems. They have to make it look like everyone is corrupt. Now, that's not a hard, a hard path to, to hoe here uh, in America anymore. Then they need to train those activists, but they want them to be leaderless, leaderless act. Well, like, you know, Antifa, where you can't really go after them because there is no leadership role. Or you can't really go after Occupy Wall Street because there is no leadership role. Okay, so that one's done. Then all you need to do is discredit an election. Once you can discredit an election, you can get the people out on the streets right after the election. And those that's when the State Department in other countries is signaling, go, 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 go. And then, of course, the State Department is there to help broker a deal. So, And all these people want, all these activists want is fairness. All they really want is, is justice. All they really want is just, we need to rewrite the state constitution. Oh, well, I bet we couldn't find anyone here that could organize themselves and demand that there's a constitutional re, a constitution rewrite. Right? Because we all love the Constitution. This is the end game. They are discrediting everything. I've never seen anything more unfair than this hearing. And if the Republicans don't pick it up in the Senate and show all of the things that we've been showing you, because we have all the facts. It's not, it's not hearsay. It's not second generation. It's not they said this. No, no, no. These are all facts. It's their own writing, their own diplomatic letters to each other. Uh, Things from the Soros administration going to the State Department and the State Department verifying that money is going over here. It's it's all there. I think we will have a chance for this, by the way, too. Um, It appears that McConnell's office has uh, talked to reporters and said there's not going to be this quick, like immediate um uh overturn or dismissal type of vote they're going to go through a trial of some sort good um i think it's good too i think it's a it's it's also going to present an opportunity for republicans to get their side out there while the democrats have already had all their best stuff kind of air right like they're going to have this going to be the fresh information it's all going to be from republicans and the senate controls the rules so you know they made this big deal about like you know when clinton was impeached 
uh, they made a the, Trent Lott got together with the other side and they worked on those oh, rules together. I know. Well, that would have made you know so that's fair. Maybe if you did that in the house, maybe you'd have an argument here. Yeah, you know, maybe you'd have a you could have a conversation about how this yeah, should no. go. But it's not. It didn't happen here in the house. No, you got everything you wanted in the house. We got nothing what we wanted, and you got everything. So the America's heard yours. America's heard yours. So they come uh, back fresh after after Christmas after right. uh, the vote. Mm-hmm. Um, and be able to digest a whole new batch of information, mm-hmm, which, mm-hmm. Is, as you hear with these letters, I mean, you know, you think about how significant this is. The media has been blowing this conspiracy theory off a, a good chunk of it because Lushenko backed off of his claim of getting a list of names that you could not prosecute. And so the actual apparent defense to that is that Lushenko actually just wrote down names in an argument because he felt he was being pressured. And instead of it being from Yovanovitch, the list, we, they got it from Kent <laughs> in a letter that we have. Mm-hmm. That's but, not uh, a that's good it. defense. No, it's really not. No, no it's really not. Um, it would be an open and shut case if all of the, if all of the evidence that we have was presented but wasn't allowed to be presented. It will be. And if it's not, you'll have to ask yourself why. So what is coming? More. More of this is coming. What's coming after the election? Unrest is coming after the election. Uh, And I believe the Democrats are going to pay a huge price for this coming in the spring and on Election Day. Huge price. All right. Back in a minute. Hello, America. Welcome to uh, Friday. Stu, uh, what's our record like on uh, on investigative work? I mean, mm-hmm. chasing down conspiracy theories and debunking them or showing that they're real. Perfect. Our record is perfect. Yeah. Well, I mean, no, seriously, we did the. Uh, it's really good. We did the deal with uh, Popular Mechanics years ago on mm-hmm. the nine eleven conspiracy theory. Yeah. Uh, debunk that with them. We're doing really well on uh, on the impeachment thing. And uh, I just I just want to tell you, I have an amazing staff that that really turns over every stone. But, you know, I could give credit to the staff, but it's really the guy who's leading that, you know, that mm-hmm. sets the, the table for all of that. And so I did a little research on my own. OK. OK. And just to set, again, just to raise the bar a little higher. Sure. Have you seen the 120 year old photo of Greta Thunberg. <laughs> yes, I did see this. Okay. Um, All right. Uh, and thoughts? people are saying that they think maybe Greta Thunberg is a time traveler because she apparently traveled mm. back into time to warn people about global warming, back I then. think is the... Back then. She's... she. Look, sounds crazy. It's ridiculous. Theory. Sounds ridiculous. And Can it, we put up the... Uh, it is a real photo. There, there it is. There is a photo. Put the picture of her up. And then, uh, and then you look at the, and, and you look at her uh, from eighteen twenty. I mean, sorry, from uh, what eighteen eighty, and you're like, that's her. It looks like it looks like Greta Thunberg. It is a real photo. So I went and I put all of my research skills, which are better than the staff that you know works for me. <laughs> and uh, no, 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 everybody knows it comes from the top. And uh, so I started looking into this to debunk or prove, and I immediately thought like you did that's mm-hmm. ridiculous right but i want to show you some evidence here that she is indeed a time traveler uh can you bring the first one up please i was looking you know because I, I first went to uh, you know 
founding thing. So we have a lot of founding documents. And, mm-hmm. and, and this is the famous uh, painting of Bunker Hill. Mm-hmm. And if you look into that picture, you will see up at the top, not the main player, but up at the top right. of that hill, Greta Thunberg. Oh, yeah, it does look like Greta Thunberg. That's that, right. Not, That's that, her. That's yeah, her. It does actually look like her. No, but um, it is. Look well, at it I mean, closely. I All right, mean, go, to the, next, go exactly to the next one. Like go to the her. next one. That. Go to the next one. That. Okay, so that one, we have that. Here's, you know, Neil Armstrong walking on the moon. Uh, yep, okay. Look behind him. Oh, yeah, kind yes. of in the distance there? In the distance. You can barely make it out. Uh, it's Greta Thunberg. Let me see. That's hard to look zoom at in it. on that one. I, no, look. I and you're not going to fake that shadow on the moon and everything else. Look at the shadow. The shadow is, uh, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it is identical. It's yeah. hard to tell on that one. Hard to that's, tell on that one. Okay, little... okay, I'll give that to you. But, I mean, it's starting to mount up here mm-hmm. that she is a time traveler. Mm-hmm. And she's been, strangely, at all of the big events in world history. Give me the next one, please. Mm-hmm. Look who's at the feet of Elvis. Feet of Elvis. Oh, my gosh. Okay, now there she is. She's All the girls are fawning, and she's looking at the girls like, how dare you? You know? Yeah, because she's, she's angry about something. Like, Elvis is frivolous. Right. The world is going to be destroyed. And she's looking at those girls at the feet of Elvis like, how dare you? It's, and it looks, especially because she has fists. Her hands are in right. fists. Right, right. So it does, yeah. There's no Photoshopping here. No, I don't think so. Right. Okay, next one, please. Uh seen this photo a million times right zoom in please this is Lincoln. have you noticed who is standing there on the battlefield next to honest abe it's greta thunberg with a short haircut but that's yeah, who it is if her hair is well or it's pulled back well could be pulled mm-hmm. back but huh yeah so she was there with honest abe probably counseling him i mean could it be just a, a relative like a, a past because it does well, look I, like I, it, I, I could just... go there. I could go there. But let me continue. I, it okay. starts to... That kind of doubting shakes apart okay. uh, just a bit. Give me the next one, please. There she is on top of the World Trade Center with the plane <laughs> no, coming in. Look at that. This is the, this, But this is a famous Photoshop, I thought, of Right. And 9/11. why were they Photoshopping her face out of it? Right? This is the original. I don't... I the cover-up they... was... Putting her but face. But that's not even the angle the plane came in. I... You go ahead and you're cons- go ahead. Go dismiss all okay. you want. I've got some pretty good evidence here. Next one, please, because uh, this okay cave drawings. Mm-hmm. Look at the cave drawings. You can zoom in. That's Greta. Oh. That's Greta. She's on a cave drawing. Yeah, I mean it's a crude drawing, but it does look like Greta. I will say. That's- it's That's hard. a pretty good likeness of her in that cave drawing. All right, it okay. Is. It's pretty good. All right, go to the next one, please. You've seen this, right? Yeah, it's the Last Supper by Da Vinci. You're gonna convince? You're gonna? You're gonna? It's a very famous, very, very famous. famous painting. Look who the third quote apostle is. Like the one right. In, oh. Oh my gosh, Greta. It's, Gre- it's Greta Thunberg. It's Greta Thunberg. Now, now why would L- L- Da Vinci paint her in? This is the real story of the Last Supper. Mm. What happened? What happened? What happened? They, it's more than just a meal. What else happens, Stu? He says, uh, whoever drinks this cup is the one that's going to betray me, right? Uh-huh. And who was it? Mm. 
Third down, Thurnberg. Judas. Mm-hmm. Okay. Judas Thurnberg. So, Ju- no. Oh. So, <laughs> Judas says, I'm not the guy, and he gets all freaked out, and he runs out. There's an open seat at the table. And Jesus was like, Greta, come here. You love the planet. That's how that went? I that's how it went. So, scripture. she's sitting mm-hmm. in the seat of Judas. She wasn't an apostle. That's ridiculous. But there she is in the Da Vinci. I mean, she is in the Da Vinci. There's no question about that. I just don't. I think there might be another explanation. Look, you I'm are a probably you're probably kicking yourself right now for not having the Blaze TV. Yeah, you know, not having a subscription because you're only hearing us describe this. But this is game changing. Well, I think we should probably put these up at Glenbeck.com and maybe on your Twitter feed uh, at well, Glenbeck or at yeah, World of Stew. All right, if you if you if you want to just cast pearls to swines, sure. <laughs> I think people need to see this evidence. If this is real, it. I ask you what our track record is on. Oh, it was very. It's very good. The what do you mean? Record, it was very. There was a time before this segment. It was it very good. It all comes <laughs> up to leadership. Okay. Yeah. The staff didn't have anything mm. to do with this. Yeah, They're no busy on the impeachment. This is me. This I found these things. And I should say this for the you know in relation to the staff and your your own brilliance. Mm-hmm. The staff didn't even fact check this stuff. You just you no. were so good. You found it I on your own. It. it was not cleared by the staff. Yeah, we should point that out because you deserve all the credit. Thank for this. you. Thank you. Yeah, Finally, mm-hmm. thank you. All Stu. the credit. Thank you for that. <laughs> I so appreciate that. Welcome to the uh, program. Glad you're here. It's the uh, Glenn Beck program. That would be me. It's uh, I was hired for the job. I don't have a lot of skill, but I was hired for the job because my name was the same name as on the show. So they said, go ahead, try it. <laughs> um, <clears throat> welcome to the program. It is Friday right before uh, Thanksgiving. Uh, please go to the website 400th.org, uh, 400th.org. You'll find everything you need to share with your family on Thanksgiving, but we need to reclaim that. When I come back, we're going to be making a uh, really exciting announcement, uh, and we'll tell you more about that uh, in about a week from now. Also, um, I'm just a little shocked by the Turnberg uh, stuff exposing that. I just feel so much better uh, that there is a time traveler, um, especially an angry uh, you know, teenage time traveler. And I know angry and teenage, it's a little redundant, doesn't really need to be said. But um, I, uh, I also want to show you something that we're launching tomorrow. It is our podcast tomorrow. This is, this is one of the most exciting podcasts for me. I've been waiting a year to be able to get this guy in studio. He is a futurist. He, he's worked for everybody. Um, as a futurist, as a as a consultant for Silicon Valley, for you know high tech, he sees tech the same way I do. He is he is horrified by it and thrilled by it. And it's only going to be what choices we make. But you will never hear um, a podcast that is this well researched and put out about the future. He knows what he's talking about. For instance, I'm going to play a clip here. He's talking a little bit about 5G and how it's going to change things. Beforehand, I was talking about um, AI and in the future, you're just not going to be able to get rid of these things because in the future, 
uh, you're going to be able to have a digital assistant that will say to you after you've had a really rough week and your wife has had a really rough week, the AI will know you better than you know yourself, believe it or not. And it will be able to put all these data points together. And so you'll wake up one morning and it will say, Glenn, yes, what? I've been noticing that you and your wife are a little stressed out. And so if you don't mind, I, I made reservations at your favorite hotel in Hawaii. And, um, and I've already booked the flight and I've cleared your schedules uh, if, if you want. I know, but I can't really afford it. Well, I've been looking at your finance, and actually, we can shift some things around and fully pay for it. Would you like me to go through? Uh, yeah. Now, how long is that coming? How long before that happens? Listen to this part of the podcast. Every 10 years, the industry develops standards and then starts building out the next generation of wireless network. We started all the way back with first generation uh, back in the 80s, we moved to 2G in the 90s. We moved to 3G in 2000, 4G in 2010, and now we're ready. In fact, uh, we need fifth-generation wireless technology because fourth-generation wireless networks are congested. If you've ever had trouble uh, with dropped phone calls or for some reason your email won't download or mm-hmm. if uh, you can't actually access the Internet on your phone, the network's congested. There's not enough capacity for you to get what you need, and that's why 5G is so important. The difference between 4G and 5G is not like the difference between 3G and 4G, though. Oh, it's, uh, this, is, uh, this is genuinely the first revolutionary wireless technology uh, that, that the world has seen since the first generation. So this is, correct me if I'm wrong, I mm-hmm. think it's the jump between 4G and 5, but it may be the jump between 5 and 10, uh, somebody described it as if 4G is a garden hose, right. 5G is the channel. Right. So um, to even make it simpler, uh, our average speeds over a 4G wireless network are about 10 megabits per second. Um, the speeds that have already been demonstrated by AT&T and Verizon are one gigabit per second. That's a hundred times faster connectivity than what we're used to today over our networks. So people will look at that and go, okay, well, I mean, I can already watch Disney Plus in my car, right. you while know, you're moving. while it's moving <laughs> and it's driving and, yeah. you know, you, you already have that. Yeah, it's, yeah. That's not where it comes into play. It comes into self-driving cars. It comes into uh, surgeries, uh, uh, f- being performed by a surgeon on one side of the world and a body on the other. In, in the field, under a tent, you could have uh, the world's top surgeon in New York uh, operating on a soldier in Afghanistan w- with no wired network, no fiber optics, literally just transmitting over a 5G wireless mm-hmm. network. And the reason that's possible is not just kind of the pipe. Uh, it's uh, something called latency or delay. Uh, average latency in the U.S. is about 120 milliseconds. That may not sound like much, but... If you're bleeding to death. Yes, and there's a robotic arm that's inside mm-hmm. your body. Uh, you want very low latency. <laughs> right. Uh, and so, Ooh, don't cut that. <laughs> right. Delay. Uh, no, it's only one millisecond. 5G is only one millisecond delay. It's like having a completely real-time uh, uh, connection. So he goes on, and uh, 
I think we just cut this for time. Uh, he goes on to say, oh, by the way, the AI assistant that you just described, that's in the next generation of iPhones. You will have a, a full supercomputer capable uh, assistant in 12 months. We are talking in this podcast about curing blindness through CRISPR today. It's in trial now. We'll get the results in about a year, but he has seen some of the results. And the people who are blind are seeing again. 70% of all disease will be gone uh, by 2030. King, that, that's, uh, that's 10 years away. That's that's half the distance between here and 9-11. This is a remarkable podcast. It comes out tomorrow. Make sure you listen to it. Uh, just sign up for my podcast. You can get them wherever you get podcasts. This one is truly remarkable. A must listen to. Tomorrow it comes out. It's available now at blazetv.com. You're listening to Glenn Beck.